Hey, my name is Hannah, and this podcast is all about empowering you to become more you. The real you. Stripped away of titles and achievements, because at the end of the day, we're all just a bunch of energy floating around this big ball in space. And I believe the more that we can raise our energetic frequency, the happier and more fulfilled we become. So in this podcast, you'll find tools to help you release fear and move towards love and how that actually helps you attract what you want in life. And I use my experiences as an athlete and as a business owner to share what tools have helped me on my path towards awakening. So I hope that you gain value out of this. If so, hit me up. I'd love to talk to you. Hello everyone. I hope we are doing well out there. This week's podcast episode, I was interviewed on the podcast Journeys with the No Schedule Man. And that podcast episode is episode number 119 called Everything is Energy. And I really enjoyed recording this with Kevin. We dive deep into my backstory and journey, into manifestation, into shadow work, and into belief systems. We go pretty deep in this one. I really enjoyed it. So if you have any questions or you want to reach out, as always, you can send me a DM on Instagram or you can shoot me an email, which I'll put in the show notes. But I hope that everyone is taking care of themselves. I'm very eager to get into the spring energy. I feel like spring is upon us. It feels good. (laughs) Anyways, sending you all lots of love and enjoy this one. This is Journeys with the No Schedule Man with Kevin Bulmer, sharing the stories of heart-centered entrepreneurs and creative souls who have challenged themselves to find their real success and to live and work happy. Wherever you may be watching or listening, please follow along, share, and subscribe. And be sure to visit NoScheduleman.com to learn more. We're glad you found us. Enjoy the show. I've been known to struggle with reality, not that it is any real mystery. Broadcasting from the Black Licorice Studios in London, Ontario, Canada. Welcome, I'm Kevin Bulmer. This is Journeys with the No Schedule Man. This episode presented by Mulligan Realty Group, Provincial Glass and Mirror, NSM Brand Media, and MyRealSuccess.ca. I want to introduce you to Hannah Holiday today. I've been excited to talk to Hannah for a long time. What she does fascinates me. The kind of things that she helps people with are the sorts of things that I didn't even realize were out there to be helpful <laughs> until I was probably into my late 30s or at, the, or at the very earliest, maybe early 40s. And I'm 46 now, and I'm, I'm fully on board and, uh, and really interested in doing my best to apply so much of what Hannah shares on the social media channels of hers that, that I follow, which is kind of what led to this discussion. Just to give you a little bit of background on Hannah before we bring her on, she's an intuitive energy healer and coach who combines her training in Reiki quantum healing. I wouldn't even been able to tell you what quantum healing was up until very recently, but we'll maybe ask her about that, uh, as well as sound healing, subconscious reprogramming, and intuitive guidance to support her clients. She uses her background as a competitive athlete and a holistic health coach to support her clients in taking grounded and practical steps to create balance mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Hannah combines her expertise and training in mindfulness coaching, quantum energy healing, integrative nutrition, and neuro-linguistic programming, 
all to provide clients healing on all levels. And as you'll know, if you've investigated any of this kind of thing, there are lots of levels to be explored and uncovered and, and dived into. After working together, clients report feeling more balanced and aligned, more connected to their spirit and their purpose, and more motivated toward reaching their goals. Uh, I first discovered Hannah, well, I didn't really discover her at all. I was pointed to her work through a mutual friend, um, Brendan Culleton, who actually has been on this podcast before, I think in episode 102. And Hannah joined him on one of his community chats. And when I was new to TikTok, Hannah's was one of the first channels that I went to because all I was expecting to find on TikTok were crazy dances and funny things that I didn't really think that I was suited for. And when I saw Hannah, I was immediately intrigued. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that there was content like this and people like this sharing in this manner. I, I think I'll stick around. And uh, I have really enjoyed what she's had to share. And she doesn't know this, but she's finding out now. I have turned to her several times in instances of what feels to me like turbulent energy. <laughs> and then I'll go to Hannah's channel and more often than not, we'll find out that there's some sort of energetic rumble somewhere in this universe or another one uh, and how it's all hooked together. But enough of my description. Let's uh, let's welcome Hannah on here. Hannah, I'm so grateful to you for taking the time to, to chat with me. Um, as you can tell, I've been a fan for a while and, uh, and it's really neat to see you. Before we go any further, the first thing I just want to ask in the midst of this crazy time is how you and your family are doing these days. Oh, well, thank you so much for that intro, Kevin. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you found my channel too. Um, during these times, we are fortunate. My family and I are very fortunate. I'm down in San Diego. As we were discussing before we hit record here, weather's good, family's good, family's safe. So I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for checking in. Yeah, California has been an interesting place to be the last year or so. Yes, yes, it certainly has been, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. I'm grateful to be here. Wonderful. Well, we're excited to have you as well. I'm curious about what was the first time that you can recall even being aware of what I will loosely describe as, as energy and some connection to it and, and that it had some sort of power. What, what are your first recollections along those lines? Well, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a, in a home and with parents who were pretty in tune with spiritual practices or just with spirit in general, you know, not to say that we had any specific practices, but we were spiritual growing up. Um, so I grew up in that environment and I would say um, really the death of my grandfather, you know, we had some pretty... Uh, amazing experiences after his death where he would kind of come in and we would feel his energy or he would leave little signs and um, messages around for us. It was just stuff you couldn't deny. So growing up, and I was very, very young at that age, um, but growing up and, and just feeling into, okay, there's something beyond this physical world. There's something, um, there, there's an energy that connects us all that's beyond this three-dimensional physical space. So growing up in that type of, um, with that understanding really opened me up to exploring different energy modalities in all ways. But I was also very intrigued with the idea of manifestation growing up as well. And the idea that we could attract different things into our life and into our experience just by what we're vibrating out what we're thinking 
So that, that always intrigued me. And I, I love learning. I love di- diving into different um, practices and different modalities. So I've always had a very curious mind. Let's put it that way. <laughs> when you mentioned about your grandfather, that also hits me right where I live. I don't know if you caught the reference right off the top of the show about the black liquor studios, that the color that, that the wall behind me is painted, the actual color of that paint is called black licorice. And the reason why I chose that is because my maternal grandfather used to always enjoy those, those old black licorice cigars, the black licorice pipes. I don't know if you've ever had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. But he is who I envision when I think of like a guardian angel, a benevolent spirit, something that's always around me and has my best interest at heart. And I often I'll hear him. I'll, I'll feel him. Uh, and wanted to surround myself with his energy, which is why I put that color on the wall, which maybe just looks black to some people and that's okay. But I'm sharing that with you because I'm curious about your take on a little bit more detail on how you knew that that was him as opposed to, you know, just kind of a remembrance that there's sort of a deeper reverberation there where you think, oh, that that's gotta be, that's gotta be grandpa. How did you recognize that? Well, there was a few instances and a lot of these are, you know, stories. I was almost too young to, to clearly remember these experiences, but, you know, um, and remember there's one experience where it it was, I'm forgetting exactly how old I was, but it was my birthday and my birthday card that my grandfather had written for me the year prior to that showed up on my mom's car seat on my birthday the next year after he had passed so it's just stuff like that where it's like okay there's something missed there's something going on here (laughs) that's not just this physical world so I mean there's numerous stories like that where it's just undeniable but honestly it's also just an intuitive feeling you can feel these spirits with you when you connect and and like I said we're all we're all connected with this energy and I, I do believe that when you open yourself up to tune into these energies, they're there. You know, these energies are always with you. These spirits are always with you, your loved ones. I'm a believer that you can connect to them just by thought alone and by, you know, vibrating that loving energy to them. They can connect with you and it might not be in the same way that we're used to in the physical sense, but we can feel them. And I think a lot of times we um, were kind of programmed in this society to discredit or not really, um, I guess, buy into feelings and how important feelings are, because those are that's energy as well. You know, everything is energy and we're all connected by this energy. Um, but when you really open yourself up to feel more then you open yourself up to your intuition, And that, you know, your intuition is so much about feeling more than thinking. And a lot of us get stuck in the mental space. Um, But these experiences, you know, with losing loved ones, it can really connect us into this spirit realm, if you will. (laughs) So there's a lot to unpack already. (laughs) I knew this was what happened. (laughs) That's why I wanted to talk to you. For someone, though, who's not familiar with the kind of subjects and areas where you help people we've already thrown at them things like manifesting and vibration and everything being energy and whatnot and i'll i'll use myself as an example that it wasn't all that long ago that i would have been the one sitting here going what you talking about willis or might not even have been that polite about it um because i wouldn't have had any idea what the hell you're talking about um (laughs) my life had to fall apart hannah 
which it did just a little over 10 years ago. And I really thought I was doing all the right things. I was trying to, uh, and yet everything sort of fell apart anyway. And I remember going to the library and signing out the DVD of The Secret, the movie, The Secret. And I've told this story before, but I was embarrassed about it. Uh, for those who don't know, that's sort of like a consumer grade presentation about the law of attraction. But I didn't have any, I didn't have any better ideas. I remember thinking as I left the library, Hannah, really, Kevin, it's come down to this. <laughs> you're going to, I was just trying to give you some context of who you're talking to here. But there was a part in that film which again, it was about 10 years ago that I saw it where uh, Bob Proctor came on, who I'd never heard of before. He just looked like some sort of funny looking older dude to me. And he talked about how um, we, we tend to things, think of things as things, as solid matter. And he used the example of if you took your hand and you put it under a powerful enough microscope, you would see um, millions of cells at a very high speed of vibration. And there was something about that that just made sense to me um, that tilted my mind and, and started, I think, this whole journey of opening myself up to ultimately talking to somebody like you. It sounds to me like you were open to all of this right from the start. But when you say something like everything is energy, how do you remember that awareness even kind of unfolding in your experience? Yeah. And to your point, as you said in the very beginning, there's many layers to this and many levels to this um, awakening, as I, I would call it. And to speak into your experience where you have this whole breakdown, that is what leads you into an awakening, usually is what I see with clients or with people where they have some either traumatic experience or some major life event that breaks them open. And it's when we're open enough to, to, when we're open enough, we can tap into different perspectives, different perceptions. And for me personally, yes, I was always um, in tune with these ideas. I grew up with these ideas, but it was really through me diving into the manifestation process and uh, really studying the law of attraction um, that I would apply that, excuse me, into my sports, uh, my competitive playing days. And it's interesting because that the law of attraction, the manifestation, it's usually like people's first way into this work and into spirituality, into spirituality and into learning, okay, everything's connected. There's an energy outside of this physical space. Um, but then when you go a little bit deeper into it, let's say the next level, then you start to sit, then you start to realize, okay, there's belief systems that are also energetic that might block us from attracting these things or manifesting our desires. So then you go into the next level of it, which I call shadow work. And that would be diving into um, past traumas, which could be in this lifetime or past lifetime past lifetimes, um, that through the healing process of that, then you start to uncover, okay, there's energies way beyond just this physical space. And we're interconnected with, with a multidimensional aspect, not to get too far into this. I know you asked one question. <laughs> I tend to go, go as far down that rabbit hole as you <laughs> want. That's why I asked you here. Hannah. 
I tend to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Um, but to answer your question again, going back to my competitive athlete days, um, that, that is really where a, lo- a bulk of my shadow work began. And that's where I started to discover, okay, there's, there's not just everything is energy. It's okay. My thoughts, my belief systems, those really contribute to my energy and how I am manifesting and attracting certain experiences in my life. And then that led me into deeper into my, my shadow work and everything just kind of unfolds. So I, I always say, once you, once you kind of crack open and start this journey, there's really no going back. Usually people go right into it. You know, you might fall off path here and there, but generally people come back onto this path once they're already off to the races. <laughs> How does working with other people and, and, and being so intimately connected with their energy affect your energy? I have very, um, I have quite a few routine routines and energetic practices and I am a channel for source. You know, you can call it the universe. You can call it spirit. You can call it source. And I am just, I'm simply a conduit for that energy. So when I'm working with people, I'm not taking their energy on. My goal is to support them in transmuting whatever energy needs to be transmuted into a higher vibration that makes them feel better. So, you know, I'm, I'm not depleted. I'm actually energized when I'm working with people. Shadow work is something that you had mentioned a couple of times already, and it was on my list of things that I wanted to bring up during this conversation. So since it's, it, it's come up, maybe we can kick it around a little bit. Uh, did I hear you mention that your, um, your, your athletic days were sort of linked to some of the shadow work that you did? Because you, you were a fairly high-level tennis player at one point, were you not? Yes, yeah. So how did the the shadow work relate to the athletics for you? In a huge way that really cracked me open um, into diving into where some of my childhood trauma and childhood patterns, really um, the root of them, that my competitive days, I always say that sports are a great metaphor for life. And usually whatever you've got running in your subconscious mind, it doesn't just show up in one area of your life. It shows up in all areas of your life again, because everything's connected. Right. So um, for me, shadow work, shadow work often is related to trauma. And when I say trauma, it's just a significant experience that has imprinted on your life. So it's not necessarily a traumatic experience where you're at the hospital or a really um, dramatic, traumatic experience that many people have gone through. It's a significant experience. We all have trauma. We all have childhood trauma. We all have these subconscious imprints. And when you go into the shadow work, it's really, it's called your shadow because it's generally the part of you that you're not aware of. It sits in your unconscious mind. And that is where your belief systems are held. And that's where a lot of this, this trauma is held. So when you open yourself up to just be willing to look at these experiences, I always see, say, usually spirit is going to guide you to either the teachers or the practices or the healers that are going to help you uncover and heal this trauma. For me in sports, how that showed up is I really struggled mentally, even though I had these spiritual practices, I was meditating all the time. I was practicing mindfulness. I had gotten really skilled at quieting my mind while I was in in playing, while I was playing in a match. 
And it just, I had this repeating cycle come through where I would be, I'd win the first set, I'd be up in the second, and then I would choke and I'd lose the match. And it was happening over and over and over again. And I'm doing everything. I'm working with, you know, one of the top sports psychologists at our school who was working with Kobe Bryant. He was incredible. Um, And he gave me a ton of tools that really helped me. But I was just kind of like, what is going on here? You know, I'm at a certain level. I should be beating these players. My mind is really quiet when I'm playing. I'm doing all, all the things I should, I think I should be doing. And it wasn't really until after my tennis career and diving into this shadow work that I really started to put the pieces together that it was linked to my self-worth. I had a, a core belief that I wasn't worthy of winning these matches. And that showed up in every area of my life, uh, including my career. And it was a subconscious pattern that was vibrating out. So our subconscious beliefs, you can, you can almost think of them as an antenna or as a radio frequency that goes out. And if you have a subconscious belief that says, I am not worthy, that's vibrating out. And you are going to unconsciously attract experiences to confirm that belief because the unconscious mind, its job is to confirm its reality. Am I going too far into this again? (laughs) No, well, I can't speak for someone who's uh, watching or listening, but I'm absolutely right with you. And I'm amazed at how you seem to intuit (laughs) what I'm going to ask you next and start answering it before I ask you, because I was going to ask you to, to dive a little bit further into what you mean by beliefs for someone who hears that, but doesn't really know how to recognize that in their own experience. I think you were just in the midst of, of describing it. These patterns, basically programming that's running our show, it's running our life without us even knowing it, consciously knowing it. Absolutely. And just to reiterate, so our, our beliefs lie in our unconscious mind and our unconscious mind's job is always to confirm its reality. And we pick up our belief systems mostly from childhood from ages zero to seven, you're essentially under a hypnosis. So you're like a sponge. You're taking in experiences. You're taking in your parents or your caretakers experiences and energies, and you're being imprinted with this subconscious patterning. Most adults today are living out their childhood trauma still. So they have the same reactions, the same responses. It's going to look a little bit differently, but it's the same energy behind it as if they're still living out that childhood trauma. So that's why shadow work is so important, especially these days as we're under, you know, just immense amounts of stress when we're in that fight or flight, whatever fear, underlying fear or subconscious pattern is there, it's going to come out, out, especially right now. Um, And a lot of people we've had, you know, I think more people awakening on the planet right now than ever for that reason and really doing the inner healing because people are hitting a breaking point where they need to do this healing on themselves. Uh, To speak into your point, to your point, though, belief systems, in my opinion, are everything because they're, they're confirming your reality at all times. It's something that you've got to look into. And it's not just your, your childhood experiences. It's also the programming that we've received from society you know for example if i don't work hard enough i'm not valuable if i don't make this amount of doll- the this amount of money excuse me then i'm not good enough and that's you know kind of the programming that we've been in that has been installed in us based on 
the society that that we're living in yeah there are um <laughs> there's so many different avenues that we could go here i'll share a personal anecdote for the benefit of, the, of whoever's listening and watching to just give maybe an idea if they're just sort of grappling with this maybe on their own because for me when i first heard about like beliefs and belief systems i don't know i believe in you know <laughs> telling the truth, paying my bills, like being nice, not breaking the law. I had the same kind of conversation. I was asked about values and, and you know, but it, that's another conversation. Um, but I just didn't know. And I didn't see like how you talked about in your, your tennis career that you would just keep coming up uh, over, uh, against the same challenge. There's pattern over and over again. Um, I don't know if you've ever read any of Gay Hendricks material. He has this, uh, um, no, I haven't. he has a theory that he calls the upper limit problem that we, uh, we have these subconscious upper limits that we trigger and, and stumble up ourselves up that we make ourselves sick, that we cause ourselves to have accidents. And because we just worthiness is another thing that you mentioned that a lot of us don't even know how to have that conversation with ourselves or look for it, that we don't feel whole or worthy of good things happening and wondering why they seem to happen to others, but not for us. But I was, it was a couple of summers ago from the time we're having this conversation, Hannah, I was in a phase where I was reading a lot and investigating about different chakra energy and, and some of the attributes and things like that. And I found that very informative. And I was listening to an audio book driving through the, the country on my way to see somebody. And they were, the, the narrator was talking about the root chakra and asks, uh, for you without thinking of it to just say what was your role in the family growing up now i have positive recollections i have a great family i have good memories of growing up i was very sick as a kid and as, as an asthmatic i was in and out of hospitals a lot and but i never really thought that much about it but when i was listening to that audiobook and the narrator said what was your role in the family the words popped out of my mouth so fast that i hardly even knew who said them but it was my voice that said well i was the burden it chokes me up right now. I had to pull the car over to the side of the road and I just sobbed. I'd never, I'd never thought about that before, but as soon as I did, so many other things made sense. <laughs> the pattern yeah, right? of business and making sales calls and the stress that came with feeling like I was interrupting somebody or asking for help. But that, I think, forgive me for being so verbose and taking on the conversation. I'm more interested no, in hearing no. from you than from me. But how good an example is that of, of what you're talking about, of a belief system that's running sort of under the surface that we're not even aware of, but that dictates so much of our experience? Oh, I mean, it's huge. And it's often those light bulb moments where you're just, whoa, okay. Everything kind of starts to make sense. And it is linked to so many different things in your life, because I'd say a majority of us have probably three to five core beliefs from childhood, maybe from society that are kind of running the show that are running. You want to think of it almost as, um, think of them almost as com a computer software program. And whatever programs are running, that's what's running the show. In a, an experience like that, it can be um, shocking. It can be kind of like this breakdown, but it's the thing that leads to a breakthrough. 
because all the puzzle pieces start to come together. And I'd say, you know, for anyone that's listening to your experience and having, you know, kind of an aha moment, what's really important when you start to put these pieces together and you start to shine a light on some of these patterns to number one, hold immense amounts of compassion for yourself, because you got to just know that we're all humans trying to live in a crazy world. It's no one's, no one's fault. Um, In addition to that, forgiveness, holding forgiveness for your caretakers or for your parents, you know, that's usually a process that goes hand in hand with shadow work. And I, I use a Hawaiian forgiveness practice often with clients called Ho'oponopono. Um, it's a great practice because forgiveness is one of the biggest transmuters of energy. And often when we're going into these deep shadows, into these childhood programs, there's going to need some forgiveness, you know, some forgiveness for the situation or for, you know, our caretakers again. And, and forgiveness for yourself. You know, a lot of times when we, when we have those aha moments too, we start reflecting on all our past experiences and realizing, okay, maybe I wasn't the best person that I could have been in that relationship, or maybe I didn't show up in the way that I really wanted to in that conversation. I can forgive myself. I can hold compassion for myself. So it's just really, really important because the, this can be really heavy. This could be a heavy journey that you go on and, you know, some call it the dark night of the soul it serves a purpose. It's, it's there to help you heal, but you want to make sure that you also are holding so much compassion for yourself and being very gentle with yourself through this process and just allow these light bulbs to come at you in divine timing. I'm also a believer. I'm not rushing this process either. There's all, um, it's all planned out in my opinion. How did, uh, how did that block that shadow that was so affecting your tennis career end up resolving itself or did it ever? It, you know, there's, it's a heavy one. It was a heavy one for me. I've, it seems like there's a new layer that comes off of it, (laughs) you know, every few months like, Oh, okay. It's still a little bit there. Um, but I really worked, I've been working through it for, for some time, but it showed up in my relationship. You know, I recently have transitioned out of an eight year relationship where I had a lot of light bulbs. Let's put it that way on how that showed up in my relationship. Um, but again, these programs, they show up in, in every area of your life because everything's connected and it's all, it's all energetics and it absolutely showed up in my career, but I will say um, more recently, and and this is something that I've been working through for, you know, probably a year and a half to two years is really allowing myself to detach my worth um, in connection to my work. So meaning my work does, my worth is not equal to my output or what I'm doing necessarily. And I've really been working with trying to reprogram myself and realign myself with, okay, I'm a human being. I'm not a human doing. And that's been a heavy program for me because I have that competitive athlete mentality still with me where it's like the hustle and grind mentality, no pain, no gain, you know, and that, that was, that took some time to work through for sure. When I was in high school, Uh, and I played basketball. Um, Michael Jordan was sort of rising at, at his peak. And the buzzwords of the time were, was mental toughness. Look at how mentally tough he is. 
I'm not trying to hang this on Michael Jordan, by the way. Um, but I remember I struggled with, I would practice and practice and practice and practice Hannah. Like nobody out practiced me. I could shoot baskets like crazy. I might not look like it, but I can still shoot pretty well. The game would come and I would lock up just everything would speed up. I would, and then I would try harder and it was the most frustrating thing. Um, and I remember reading a book. I've thought about reading it again just to see how I would interpret it differently. It was called mental toughness training for athletes. And I feel like looking back and I'm not blaming the book um, that that was one of the most damaging things that I did for myself that would start to play out over the next 20 years. Cause what I took from it is suck it up and just push harder. So when I see all this stuff about grinding and beast mode and things, I just, I just want to scream, no, no, no. <laughs> you're just, you are headed for such an explosion and you're going to be miserable along the way. Um, but I didn't know that. Uh, I just tried to tough through it. And, and like you alluded to earlier, now it's immediately obvious to me how any of these issues, shadow work, like beliefs, how they, the same issue will affect your career, will affect your relationship, will affect your friendships, will affect your finances. Uh, it's really incredible. They're like dandelions, bad weeds. They, they just pop up in every area of your, your life, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all connected. And, you know, I, I love that you had that experience because I think it is really, I'm very passionate about that because I know so many of us still have that mentality, that hustle and grind mentality. Um, and I think this past year that's has shifted quite a bit for a lot of people because we were forced to slow down and we were forced to go within. And I think we're moving into a time where we're, we're, we're moving into higher states of consciousness on this planet. And I think we're understanding, okay, everything is energy. Does that mean that I can create with less action? Can I manifest the things that I desire with actually doing less? And we've had such an emphasis on physical action when really we have so much power. We have, you know, the power to move mountains within us, but because we've been so programmed into this nine to five money equals hard work or money equals the hours that I'm putting in, you know, I think that that mentality and that programming for so many of us is shifting as the planet is shifting, you know, it all goes hand in hand. And, you know, I, I'm very passionate about it again, because I was so entrenched in it and I can see, you know, I, I also operated, um, I started a CBD company with a, an old business partner and I had a health coaching business at the same time. And that really triggered kind of my dark night of the soul and my, my, you know, another layer of my shadow work is going through that whole experience and just how I am now versus how I was then just physically, I'm completely different. You know, my shoulders were up to my ears at all times, even though I'm a pretty relaxed person and I didn't, you know, necessarily at the time think I was stressed, but I had that 
that core belief of hard work equals the amount of hours that I'm putting in and the amount of money that I'm, I'm worthy of receiving is directly related to, you know, my achievements, my external achievements that showed up physically, that showed up in my relationships, that showed up in my finances negatively. And, and now that I've really done a lot of the work to shift out of that, I am in a completely different energetic space making more money than I've ever made happier than I've ever been and in a more relaxed and healthier state. So again, just to reiterate, everything is connected, mind, body, spirit, every area of your life. You know, if one area is off, it's going to leak into other areas. So I'm a firm believer in creating balance too. You mentioned uh, wholeness or being whole or feeling whole in passing a little bit earlier. And in the context of learning to be wary about trying to associate our worth with external things, whether they be the amount of things that we get done or status we achieve, money we make, or whatever they might be, that, that's an area of wholeness that really is intriguing to me recently, Hannah, because I think it stands to reason that by definition, if, if you get to a place, even if it's just a moment, <laughs> where you feel whole, then by definition, you can't feel like there's anything missing. And how much have you seen where people maybe taste that for even a moment? Because if, if once you've tasted it, then you know that that's, that's possible to feel that way. And I don't know that you can ever go back from that. Yes. Well, it's a great feeling, isn't it? <laughs> Once you touch on it, it's like, okay, this is it. I found it. But then you remember that we're still on planet earth, living a human experience in a very dense reality. And you're usually bombarded with some kind of experience that's going to knock you off, off of that feeling or off track. And that's, you know, that's part of the human experience. It's part, partly why we're here is to experience the contrast of being whole, being connected, being in tune, following your in intuition, and then bam, you're hit with some kind of, you know, human 3D experience. And it's like, wait a second, I was just feeling really good. I just got out of meditation. Now I got to pay this parking ticket. <laughs> 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 so it, you know, it, it's, it's finding that balance and being able to flow with, okay, I'm, I'm connected. I'm feeling whole. This is beautiful. I'm in bliss, but also kind of surrendering in, into knowing that you are also living a human experience and you're not going to be in that energy at all times. You know, this, this human flesh meat suit and reality it's dense. And there's a lot of contrasting experiences that I view as learning. You know, I think we learn through these contrasting experiences. Uh, but I, to, to your point, when you do get reach that wholeness. And when you do really feel that there is nothing better and there is nothing, um, when you're in it, there's not a lot of things that can pull you out of it because when you're really in it, you're totally connected and you're totally present. And I think that's a big part of it is just being present with where you're at right now and not getting too far into the future, too far into the past and just surrendering into the now is a really, really powerful thing. It takes the pressure off the rest of the human stuff, doesn't it, Hannah? At least that's been my experience. And I feel like I've, I'm still very much a novice who has only had some fleeting glimpses, but enough glimpses to feel like, ah, eh, you know, 
it's not what I thought maybe like a taste of enlightenment or, or being more spiritual meant, which was that I want nothing and that I need nothing. And that I'm just going to go sit on a rock somewhere or live in a cabin in the woods, for, which, and if that may be what some people want is terrific <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but my experience has been that it's, it, it, it's more of a, of a, a, a clarity mixed with a lightning Clarity, meaning become more clear on the things that I really want to try to experience and to do and how I want to expand and grow and what I want to try while I'm living this physical experience. But then also accepting that the the parking tickets, the the traumatic things that come with the human experience of losing loved ones and people getting sick and pandemics cloaking and changing the whole world are you know, ultimately, while they're very challenging to live through, we're not taking them with us when we transition back into the, the, the essence of who we truly are. And I hope I haven't just left everybody behind <laughs> still listening or watching us. But I, I find that in the low moments, it helps. It just helps. It helps make it feel lighter. Have you experienced anything similar to that? Absolutely. And are you speaking of you know, being in, in that wholeness type of energy. And yeah, just when you, when you feel like you've touched that mm-hmm. and you, you get those moments again, where you start shitting on yourself, the little goblin brain starts up and that'll never work. And what do you think you are that there starts to be a little bit of a space where now you can dialogue with yourself. Cause you just don't believe it anymore. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And when you, when you really dive into this work and you do your healing, your trauma healing, your shadow work, that voice, while it's still there, you know, we still have the monkey brain, it begins to quiet and you don't take it as literally, you know, you are as literal. You can be more of the observer of it. And as you heal, you are releasing your baggage. You're releasing your emotional baggage and you're stepping more and more into wholeness and to completeness as you're releasing this baggage, this heavy energy from you, from your past. And even when you have the experiences in life, like you said, they're not as dramatic. You're not so in them because you're not being as triggered. You know, your triggers, your emotional triggers, that's related to emotional baggage that you're still holding on to that it's related to healing that still needs to be done. And as you heal and as you, um, you know, wake up into higher states of consciousness and you heal this trauma, again, you're releasing that baggage. So it's less likely to be triggered when the heavier experiences in life come at you or when the mind chatter comes in, you know, I still have the same thought patterns come up around, you know, work. Oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, I got to be putting in the hours. And now I've gotten to the point where I can just witness the pattern pattern. I watch the thought go by as if I'm watching a movie and I'm not so emotionally invested in it anymore or emotionally triggered by it because I've released a lot of that trauma and baggage that I was holding on to. How often do you find you have to uh, remind yourself of, I'm looking for an appropriate way to say this your intentions of how you, you, you would choose to feel and, and where it is that you're trying to to go versus getting distracted and kind of repeating past patterns and behaviors. How often do I remind myself? Yeah. To, uh, it's a daily practice for me. It's a daily practice. 
you know, if it isn't a daily practice, it's, you know, to me, I view it as eating right. You know, if I'm going to eat hamburgers, French fries, milkshakes, it's all good. Great and great for a day, maybe two. And then <laughs> if I go to day three, okay, I'm starting to feel a little slow and sluggish here. Um, and it's the same way with, with my practices and, and setting those intentions and being very mindful of where my, my mind is taking me. And I've, it is a muscle, you know, it's like going to the gym and building that muscle and I've created that habit for myself. So it's a daily practice of keeping that muscle strong. At what point along this journey, did it become clear to you that, that you wanted to make a life out of this, meaning that you were going to take this on as a professional path, as opposed to just something that you were investigating personally? Absolutely. Well, funny enough, that was directly connected to my shadow. And, Mm. you know, it took me years of stepping into this and feeling worthy of, of doing this. You know, when I first started, I, for years, I was coaching tennis. I was a uh, tennis professional coach for a while um, and teaching a lot of top juniors. And I was a high school coach for several years. And I loved that. And, you know, I was incorporating a lot of personal development coaching in, into working with those kids too, but I was always into spirituality, you know, my off time that that's the content uh, that I was really researching. And it was really my passion is spirituality, manifestation, personal development, learning about the mind um, and mental health. And it, it was a slow progression into what I'm doing now but it, it was connected to my shadow because I didn't feel really worthy enough of doing it. You know, I catch myself saying, well, who am I to help people in this way? Who am I to coach people or who am I to, to do energy healing? And it was, you know, connected to that worthiness. So it, it was a real unfolding, but I think also along with it, there was purpose in that because I was picking up information and knowledge and nuggets along the way, even though I, you know, I could say oh, I wasn't on my path, but really I kind of think you're always on your path because you're learning, you know, you're always learning. What was the moment, or, or if it wasn't a specific moment, the kind of unfolding of the realization for you to, to, to look at those kind of limiting thoughts? and head straight into them and, and go for it anyway. What did that look like? You know, because I was in this field and helping people with this, it was very, um, it was on my mind a lot. You know, I was, I was very um, inquisitive around my own thinking and I was always kind of looking for the missing link or just observing. And, and, and again, a lot of this is unconscious but I will say I always had a willingness to see where am I limiting myself? So I would take no, okay. I see that I'm, you know, have some fear around my finances, let's say. And then I'd say, okay, is there a limiting belief around finances? Let's go deeper into that. And then look into some hypnosis practices around finances and do some journaling prompts. So I was always very into the personal development world. And um, I always kept my, my eyes open, my ears open towards what were some missing clues for me. So I, I kind of, you know, because I'm so passionate about this work and helping people, I'd say for myself, I, I might be a little unusual in that I was always really willing to look at myself. You know, when I'm working with people, a lot of most of the time people don't really want to look at themselves because it's an uncomfortable thing. But I will say as you practice it, 
it gets easier and easier and easier. And yeah, you get to a point where you're like, okay, let's just take, take the lid off. Show me what I got, what I'm working with here. <laughs> How much have you found that, that building an awareness of all these things that we've talked about and practicing them for yourself daily, as you mentioned, how much of it all has that helped you meet others in other situations with compassion, just in knowing that they, whatever shadows there are, limiting beliefs, we're working on things to try to set ourselves free. Um, but my experience has been that everybody else, <laughs> everybody else has shadows and beliefs too. In a lot of cases, maybe even most cases that they're not even aware of. Um, and for me, that's, that's helped me become more compassionate, a lot less judgmental and more consistently, not all the time, <laughs> but more feeling more connected um, with, with other people. What about you? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think as you go through this work and, and for myself, you are definitely able to hold more empathy for others because you're walking, you're tra transversing through that dark night of the soul and I think you open yourself up to um, definitely more compassion and empathy for others. And it's usually the people that have yet to do this inner healing on themselves. I tend to see are the ones that hold less empathy for others or less compassion because they've got such a big shadow behind them that they've yet to really look at that shadow comes out and is projected onto others. So um to answer your question, it, yes, absolutely. The two go hand in hand. As you go within and you begin to heal your shadow and do the inner healing, you absolutely hold more empathy, more compassion, and definitely less judgment of others. That's why I say it's such an important thing for the planet right now, for the evolution of the planet right now, is to just do your own healing. You know, if you're wondering, uh, how can I help the planet right now? Focus on your own inner healing. That's it. Do your own inner, inner shadow work. And by the way, there's a lot of ways to, to call this. It could be self-healing. It could be called ego work, inner child healing. It's all kind of one and the same. You know, and this could be as simple as you starting with therapy. If you haven't started any of this work, I'm a firm believer in, in talk therapy. If that, that works for you, usually people kind of progress into other modalities outside of that. Um, but it, it, it all starts with self-awareness and building that self-awareness is number one, because that's, if you don't know what to heal <laughs> then you're not going to heal it. So building self-awareness is huge. And I think again, now more than ever, we need as many aware people as possible. <laughs> Funny. I'm just listening to you thinking of something that hasn't crossed my mind in quite a while. Hannah was, I'll mention it just cause I think you might get a kick out of it. Um, at the time of, um, uh, of my divorce, so that would have been 2011, uh, I started getting counseling and what was one of the best things that I ever did and, and continued to see a counselor for, for a long time and um, went to some therapists and got to a point where um, I, I knew I was really struggling with some things, but I didn't know what I was struggling with. And I was having trouble getting my doctor to refer <laughs> I remember when I was trying to get referred to a psychiatrist and they, they told me uh, I'm paraphrasing it, but that like, they said, well, you speak with such remarkable self-awareness. Like, it's like, you don't need help because you're so aware of yourself. And I was kind of like, well, 
<laughs> then why am I so unhappy? Like, why am I so frustrated? Like, I sure I can describe these issues with what maybe sounds like a high level of clarity, but I still felt like there was a parking brake on somewhere that I, I couldn't find. And the response I got was kind of, I don't know what you're coming to us for. Like you talk real well, you seem to understand it. And I'm just like, no, I don't help me. Like, I'm guessing, you know, exactly what I'm getting at. And those are the kinds of areas where you can really help people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I say often people will progress out of talk therapy, because I think in, in a lot of ways, I'm not going to say every therapist is the same, because that's absolutely not true. In a lot of ways, therapy can, it takes you so far, but then you usually want to go a little bit deeper, depending on the therapist that you're with or the counseling that you're, you're receiving. Um, and I'm a believer in trying it all, you know, it's really listening to your gut. If all of a sudden someone comes to you and says, you know, maybe you should try meditation, or maybe you should try some sound healing, or maybe you should try seeing this healer, whatever it is. I'm a firm believer in trying different modalities, mixing it up, you know, doing therapy at the same time as hypnosis. And there, you know, there's a lot of different paths for this awakening. There's not one unique, um, excuse me, there's not one path towards healing and towards awakening. It's completely unique per each individual. And I think that's also a really, really important thing for a lot of people to understand is, we get caught up in, okay, this is the way, this is the one, two, three, four, five step, step method. And then all of a sudden I'm going to be super rich and happy and it's all going to be great. <laughs> and it, healing isn't a spiral. It's, it is nonlinear. So it's, it's a process. That's why you got to be gentle with yourself, compassionate with yourself and just allow your, your intuition to guide you to the next step. Okay. Let's see if we can tiptoe a little bit into or cannonball i'm good for cannonballs too into this quantum stuff that i mentioned off the top when i was introducing you and also with a caveat that i wanted to uh, bring back into the conversation that you mentioned 3d really quickly and i caught that and i thought i want to ask her about a couple steps beyond that <laughs> 5d because i think 5d and quantum sort of go together do they not Absolutely. I think it all goes together. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see if we can string those things together and maybe give people a little bit of an, an introduction to it. Um, how do you even begin to try to introduce an, an idea of, of quantum? To, and when I say quantum, I mean, you could go healing energy, you, just the idea of quantum, how, how can you even uh, bridge that for someone who's maybe not familiar with it? Sure. So the quantum field is all that is. It's everything. You're, we're sitting in it. You're all sitting in it. And it's what ties it together is the universal intelligence. By the way, there's a lot of perceptions and perspectives on this. I try to keep it very simple. Um, but really, it's, it's the quantum field. It's the space of all that is all the energy that connects us all. So it's the universal intelligence that threads that together too. Did you ever see the movie soul? No, but I heard about it. Pixar one. Yeah. I'm going to assign that to you as homework. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> because there's no, it was a couple of weeks ago. And why am I asking you about that now? 
because I think that it's so beautifully showed, like create a picture of so much of what we're, what you're, you're talking about. And uh, there's a moment near the end where the main character just has this epiphany um, that I just sat there and sobbed. Um, anyway, sorry, I got off track there where you're you know, talking about the quantum, but all of the, sorry, well, go ahead. It's, well, it's funny you mentioned that because someone asked me that I had posted a TikTok video and I believe the, the, the message was stepping into your authentic self and being your authentic self is really your magic and your medicine to the planet. I think the message was along those lines and someone commented, did you see soul? It was like, right when it came out, someone said, did you see soul? And I said, no, I hadn't seen it yet, but they had mentioned that that was kind of in alignment with the ending or the messaging at the end. Am I on point with that or am I? Yeah, well, here's the greater context that I've come to the quantum and 5D we'll get to in a second. And this little interjection about soul, here's the context that's sort of unspoken that's rattling around in between my brain is first it kind of come from the state that I think a lot of people are in, Hannah, which is that they're suffering and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um for so much of my life, I can look back now and I can still physically feel those. I can remember how that felt just being anxious and worried and just everything was resistance was a push. And I didn't know I was unhappy. I thought that was just how life was. Then when I wanted to get more deliberate about trying to change it or what I might call now living with intention or choosing how I want to feel, then the movement of oh, power of positive thinking comes in and think and grow rich and, um, and, and affirm things. And, and, but it's, it's sort of at the thought level. It's almost trying to force something into a way of being. And you can get a certain amount of progress with that, I found. But more recently, I've been investigating a lot more things like, say, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, where... Um, he'll say something along the lines of, if you want to change your life, you've got to change your energy, <laughs> which means you got to be willing to feel all the feels talk about shadow work. And along with the positive thinking, and you mentioned about being your authentic self, here's another one that I hear a lot in, in sort of the personal growth circles and success world, the entrepreneurial world is what's your purpose, knowing your purpose. And so almost feeling like you need to, in this place back into wholeness, please forgive the soliloquy here. I hope that it's adding something to the discussion uh, and maybe relatable to someone who's listening, but that we have to, to define our existence somehow in order to give it worth. And that was the moment in, in the movie that broke me open where the main character, and I'm not ruining the movie for you, had been working so hard the whole story to define his purpose and then he held so tight to it, but then he had been shown, no, it's not, it's not what you do. It's how you do it, you know, yes. and what you feel out of it and the energy that, and that sense of connection that, that, that you get. Um, and all of that stuff is all tied together all in this one moment in the quantum and in the 5d, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And you're reminding me more of what that message was. So this is what I like to call your authentic frequency. And it's, it's the frequency. It's you. We all have unique vibrations. We all have unique footprints, if you will. And I'm a firm believer in your vibration is your gift or your frequency is your gift to the planet. So to your point, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And 
we're here to vibrate. We're here to be a vibration and we're here to vibrate our most authentic vibration. And that's our vibration free of the programming, the limiting beliefs, the trauma that's maybe holding us back. As we step into our power and into our wholeness, we begin to awaken into our uniqueness and understand that that is our magic. That is our medicine for the planet. That is our purpose is to just be here. And often when you do, when you go through the healing and you ascend into these higher states, you ascend into higher states of emotions and higher states of feelings, which if you look at the vibrational scale, um, again, everything is energy, including emotions, including feelings one of the highest vibrations is, is love. It's unconditional love. And I'm, I'm a believer that that is the source that connects us all is unconditional love. And when we ascend into those higher states through going through the, the dark night of the soul, going through the trauma healing and the shadow work, we understand, okay, I am this love. I are, I am that source consciousness. It's already running through me. I can settle into my beingness and know that is my purpose. And there's a lot of definitions on purpose, you know, and I also think we have many purposes to say that we have one purpose for being here. I, I think that would be limiting us. So I do believe that we have many purposes that are connected to the things that make us feel good. It's not necessarily, you got to go out there and start this big thing and it's got to save this many people. Keep it simple. Come back to, okay, I am a vibration of love. I am in my wholeness, in my beingness, I am in my purpose. And I am being that light and shining that light as my authentic self. And that's my gift to the planet. And that's just a vibration. <laughs> and we started off this conversation almost an hour ago, um, talking about our grandfathers. You know, when I asked you about where you first were sensing energy and you shared about him and and I told the story about mine and I often think, boy, I would ever like to have a conversation with him again, now that I'm sort of grown and have been beat up by life a little bit. <laughs> um, but the reason why I'm bringing that back up, Hannah, is that when I think about him, he uh, several times had to give up something that was really important to him uh, because that's just how life went. Um uh, you know, career and, and a number of different things. But it, again, it wasn't, he didn't hold on so tight to know this is what I'm about. You know, this is why I'm here. I have to do this. I can't come back and save my dad who I don't even really like very much to save his plumbing business. Cause his health is failing. <laughs> I should have let him drift. Cause he treated me like shit when I was younger, when I've got this great career as a banker. That's what I love doing. But it's like, no, I'm just family's more important. I'm just giving you one example. He just, I don't know that back in those days, they talked about vibration and, and energy and things like that, but he just radiated a vibration of love. Um, and even when he lost his, his wife, my, my grandmother, after they were married almost 60 years, and I remember thinking, oh, we're going to lose him now. Like, there's no way he's going to be able to stick around losing her and the house they were in at the same time because they'd moved him into a home after that. And I, I should have known better because I underestimated that he, his love uh, for ex the experiences of life for his kids and his grandkids and those visits was stronger than the grief 
uh, of, of leaving things behind and, and letting things go. Uh, he used to say, uh, oh, I guess your sister's coming back from the north there in a month. I guess I better stick around a little while. <laughs> <laughs> but it was love. It was just this yeah. um, unmistakable energy uh, of love that gave him this experience that was just tinged in that you know, with everything that he did, that it wasn't what he did necessarily. It was how he did it. And that's, yeah. I think that, that feeling that, that, um, that elevated emotion that's available to all of us, uh, anywhere, everywhere right now, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for listening. Grandfather sounds like a beautiful energy. That's obviously one of your guides and still working with you and through you on that vibration of love. And I think that's such a beautiful example of how it is our beingness and it is us really being present with our experiences and with our relationships. And I, again, just, I know we've talked a lot about this, but we've been so heavily programmed into putting so much emphasis into our physical actions and into our external achievements that a lot of times we forget we're here to be, we're here to live, we're here to experience, we're here to experience with each other in that vibration of love. And that comes back to being really present being present in your experiences and enjoying them to the fullest. And it sounds like that's something your grandfather did really beautifully. He did. And I'd love to ask him about that. Um, I've even thought recently going through this pandemic, so many of us have had to make choices um, of things that we've got to let go. And maybe it's just letting go for now. Exactly. We don't know. I mean, we'll co-create this new future together, but uh um, I think about that and that calls back to that moment in soul too, where it was just, I'm like, no, <laughs> I was, I was, I was finally doing the work that I thought I was put here to do and I was having <laughs> success with it and we were really hitting our stride and then it blew up like a party favor cigar in my face because of, of the pandemic. And then you either meet that you're either open or you're resisting it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, no, I got to get this train back on this track. Let's go. Well, that track's not available to you right now. Well, it should be because it's my purpose, damn it. Well, <laughs> SOL. Like, and so then I think about grandpa. I'm like, well, if he could let this go and then take this on, but not lose any of his zest for life and his love, mm -hmm. then why couldn't I do the same thing? Exactly. And that and sounds so simple to say, doesn't it, Hannah? But that's, uh, yeah. I, I think so many of us, you couldn't have had this conversation with me not all that long ago. I wouldn't have been able to know what you meant. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. It's such a beautiful, I mean, I just want to say, I hope, you know, he is definitely working through you um, and you're bringing that energy into everything that you're doing. And I'm sure he's guided you through this awakening process and, just to speak into your experience of, of losing something that you think you, you should be doing, or that you think is, that's it. It's the golden ticket. That's usually when the universe just gives you a big laugh. Right. <laughs> this cracks a big joke right in your face. And that's being able to flow and, and surrender into the unknown and into the mystery and really having fun with 
whatever the universe has in store for you. And a lot of times it isn't what we think we should be doing, or isn't what we think, you know, is a for sure thing. A lot of times we're just learning through those experiences and coming back to our point, if we understand that our purpose is just to be here and just experience and just to show up in the highest vibration that we can, then it doesn't matter what we're doing. So even if we do get quote unquote thrown off track, we can just keep flowing down the river and letting the universe guide us and trust and know, okay, I'm a vibration. I'm just going to be love. Um, and not to say that you're not going to feel all this, the full spectrum of human emotions in this life. We're meant to feel all the emotions as well, but keeping that high vibration, that understanding that I can surrender into whatever this mystery is that's ahead of me. And I'm not, I'm not going to be too attached to any outcomes here. <laughs> that's been a big area of learning for me too, by the way. <laughs> The whole purpose thing, I, I, I mean, I, I have found it intimidating. It's, um, and, and I hear that from a lot of other people that they feel like they've got to slap some sort of a definition under their experience and have a specialty statement and position themselves as an expert and all that other, what I think right. is just bullshit nonsense, yeah. it's just play acting. It's just, it's label making. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I actually, I did a video that I'll be putting out on, um, on my TikTok channel soon, Hannah, that basically says, you know, when you, when it gets down to it for those of us who are interested in these kinds of things and, and explore things like our, what we think is our authentic self and our unique calling. Don't we all pretty much have like the same purpose, which I would say is to kind of expand into our full potential, help others in the way that we're uniquely equipped to do and enjoy the hell out of every second of this experience as much as we possibly can. And I guess you could get as specific <laughs> inside that as, as you might want, but doesn't that pretty much sum it up? Abs I would agree. Yes, I would totally agree. And I would say just to add on to that, that is our purpose uh, in my opinion and belief as well. And you can still be guided into your own unique curiosities and your joys because they're going to be different for everybody. Everyone's going to fuel that higher vibration in a different way because we're all such unique individuals and we're meant to be unique so coming back into that uh, same conversation of your authenticity your uniqueness is your gift to the world so understanding yes your purpose is to be here is to expand into your full potential and you do that by following your own unique joys you know, not going against the grain, even if that feels like, oh, I don't know, this is, I'm going to look different, but this feels <laughs> right. And I'm going to follow it anyway, <laughs> giving yourself the freedom to do that and understand that that's your purpose too. I'm so feel like coming to San Diego and watching that movie soul with you. I, maybe we have to hook that up on the, uh, like a virtual viewing party or something like that. There's the premise awesome. is it's like, well, you've got a, you've, you've got a, a, a human uh, who doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to be a soul. And then you have a soul who's like dead, so to speak, but it's the soul is a consciousness is energy who doesn't want to live, doesn't want to be a human. What, and what a fascinating concept. And just listening to you talk, you have the one guy who is the, the human who doesn't want to be dead. The dead consciousness spirit who's so set on defining this purpose, living this purpose, while the other one who gets hauled into this human experience against its will 
is basically, you know, having these orgasmic sort of responses to tasting pizza <laughs> or being fascinating, watching a maple key come down from, from the clouds. And it's just, it's the simplest, most beautiful thing, but uh Oh, I've got to watch that. I don't know what the they hell I'm doing. Have... Disney doesn't need any help from me, but <laughs> that one uh, hit me hard. Um, are you okay for a few more minutes? I've kept you a long time here, but uh, I kind yeah, of felt yeah. like this. I've got a couple more things I want to ask you about. I don't feel like we resolved the 5D thing, so I want to come back to that. But before I forget, um, I'd really like to ask you what stock, if any, you put into numbers that um, seem to be stalking you. Because I'm in a, it's funny, probably about two weeks or two weeks, about two months into the, the first lockdown at the start of the pandemic in, in 2020, I started seeing 111 a lot. Not, not 11-11, the three, 111. It, and it was unmistakable. It was happening enough that I, I just couldn't chalk it up to coincidence. At the time that I'm coming to this conversation with you now in February of 2021, um, it's 11-11. It's one, one, one. And I feel as if I'm like at the nexus of the universe or that just like this energy is speeding up and synchronicities are starting to happen and things are clearing that I've been working on for so long, almost like I'm just on this rocket ride that's picking up speed that I'm finally now not slowing. Um, but it's just... I was driving back from my sweetheart's place last night and I'm at the stoplight and I look up in the gas the price in the gas station is one, one, one point one. And I come home and I open up TikTok and someone had commented on a video that had been out for a while. And I look at it and there are um, 111 likes and 11 comments. <laughs> and then I get to just like literally a half hour before we started this conversation, someone commented in their username was so-and-so one, 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 one. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it gets a little freaky. <laughs> well, is there anything there as far as you're concerned or is that just nonsense I'm making up? Oh no, that is all. There's a lot of different ways to perceive those synchronicities. Uh, someone like Joe Dispenza would say that you're, that those synchronicities are essentially a feedback loop that you're becoming more in alignment with that universal intelligence. Some people call those synchronicities or those numbers, angel numbers as signs from your spirit guides. And I say, it's all of it. You know, see, I've been having the wildest synchronicities the past week. So I can totally, totally relate. And to me, it's just a sure confirmation that you're, you're in alignment and you are going in the direction that you're needing to be going or wanting to be going. So to me, I see it as like Joe Dispenza would say, a feedback loop that you're on track and, and keep going. You know, it's, it's a, to me, almost like a wink from the universe. Just like, Hey, you're good. You're good. It's all good. <laughs> what do you think deja vu is? Yeah, that's a really interesting one, right? Um, there's a couple different perceptions on that as well. You know, that could be you tapping into an alternate reality. That could be you. Um, also, I've heard that it's another confirmation. I'm just giving you some different different uh, perspectives here. Um another confirmation that you're kind of in alignment, you know, you're tapping into a future version of you that's feeding back that information. Uh, I take it almost as like a synchronicity, you know, it's a weird one. <laughs> it's a weird phenomenon, but I would take it almost like a synchronicity for me. Yeah. It used to happen to me fairly frequently 
but at the time of my life that I've described a couple times already where I really wasn't happy camper, but I used to get deja vu. I wrote a song about it called appropriately deja vu. Uh, <laughs> but I used to take that even at those times as a sign of like, okay, I'm on the right track. I, I don't know why I thought that, but that was just sort of my intuited sense of it. Um, it doesn't happen very much anymore, but uh, yeah, I wondered about that. And then again, maybe this can sort of open the doorway back into that whole 5D thing of that basically everything and anything that's ever happened or will happen is available to us right in this moment. <laughs> that, exactly, that's a, right? That's a lot in one sentence, but that's pretty much it, isn't it? That is the idea is that time, you know, in this, in the bigger space, we'll say the 5D space or even the higher dimensional spaces, the time doesn't exist and time it actually is non-linear, but we're in this 3D realm and we use time. So it does keep us on track, if you will, <laughs> in this 3D realm. Um, but in the bigger sense that all things are happening at once. And that's also the quantum space, you know, the, as I was saying before, the quantum space is all that is. So that's past, present and future times happening at the same time. So it's something, you know, that's one reason I know Joe Dispenza, I don't know if he goes so into this, maybe he does, uh, but healing past lives, why that helps you in this current lifetime, because it's all happening at the same time. And when you go to heal a past life trauma, it actually affects you and heals you in this lifetime as well. That's the multidimensionality that I was speaking of before as well. And that, that speaks into, you know, a, a big conversation happening right now is we're transitioning from 3d to 4d to 5d. And uh, Dolores Cannon is a, you know, if you want to dive into this topic, um, she's a, a good person to dive into if you're interested in this kind of shift in consciousness and the earth ascending into the fifth dimension. It's a pretty out there topic, but if you're interested and you feel inclined to, she'd be a good person to dive into just for entertainment purposes more than anything. <laughs> um, but we're, so I view it as I combine, um, you know, my intuition and, but also astrology. So I look at the astrology of what's happening as well. And we're entering into a new cycle on this planet where we're shifting out of the dark ages, if you will. And we're shifting into a new cycle where there, where there is more light and that coincides with us shifting into the fifth dimension, which these dimensional spaces, uh, which can also be called densities, hold higher states of consciousness. And as you go through your own awakening, which is you ascending into higher stage of, of states of consciousness that's through you doing the shadow work clearing your darkness quote unquote and anchoring in more light that's happening at the individual level so as within so without as we're each individually healing and awakening the planet is also shifting and awakening into higher states of consciousness and into higher densities or dimensions so we're still in, you know, the 3D realm, it's the physical realm. So we're, st we still have 3D here. You know, some people say, oh, we're ascending into, into 5D and the planet's not going to be here anymore. And it's, that's not true. <laughs> we're still in this physical space, but we're opening ourselves up to perceive more of the dimensional spaces. So that's why a lot of times, and it's happening big time right now for a lot of people, 
is you start to, you know, the synchronicities are one example of it, but as you open yourself up to perceive more dimensional space through your own awakening, um, you begin to perceive more space. So you might see spirits, you might see, you know, different patterns in the sky, or you might see, or in the space around you, or you might see, you know, almost like if you're on a psychedelic trip, I've talked to clients who say, I feel like I'm, I'm tripping on psychedelics right now, but I'm not. And that that's contributed or that's associated with you awakening into these higher states into your third eye opening. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. Sorry, I just threw a lot at you right there. <laughs> no, well, you haven't even, uh, I, I love it. We'll, um, if you're willing to come back, we'll dive into some of that stuff. Uh, we haven't even talked about breathing and breath work and how you can really start to unlock some interesting stuff just through your breath. That That's something else that's kind of front and center for me right now as well. That Absolutely. Yeah, you get enough breath up near that pineal gland and you can see a little bit of a laser light show going. <laughs> and I, I've heard that, you can have some sort of psychedelic kind of experiences and sort of interdimensional feeling experiences. Absolutely. That, yeah. I haven't, got, that hasn't happened to me yet, but I'm uh, still really new at it. I'm just amazed at how you can just manipulate your breath to, to really sense your energy and your energy centers. You mentioned Ho'oponopono earlier. I found that when I do what Joe Dispenza would call blessing your energy centers, your chakra centers or whatever you'd want to call them that I, I tend to default to that. And, you know, I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it just seems to automatically pop up. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause it's such a great transmuter. Yeah. yeah. Of, uh, you know, Hey, I didn't know, but I'm still with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, work, that's so cool. Let's work together. Um, what do you think Anna's, um, up in front of you what are some of the things maybe that, that pull you forward that intrigue you that you you like to try someday or have in your experience what comes to mind you know for me what's current in my my field right now is sound healing you know i think the healing space is gonna explode and progress in such a magical way and i'm i'm really intrigued by the power of sound healing and specifically reprogramming the mind and the the, the field your energy field through sound so that's something that i'm exploring a little bit right now and maybe traveling around and doing different sound experiences with other people i know it's something that i've been doing but it's it's kind of screaming at me now that's why i say it's in my field really big right now <laughs> um but I just think there's so many tools for people to dive into. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where, you know, the health and wellness space is going to go, where the medical world is going to go. I think there's so many things that are opening up for, for all of us and different technologies that are going to come in uh, through this mass awakening that's happening collectively and consciously. So I, I'm very excited to see where, you know, definitely where I'm going, but I'm very excited to see where the world is going to go in the next several years, because I think we're in the very beginning of something really, really huge. You know, I think we're on the precipice of massive change and I'm, you know, every day kind of sitting on the edge of my seat, trying to stay present, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, almost like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. Well, what's next? And it's, it's just a really, really exciting time to be on the planet. 
I really strongly encourage uh, anyone who's come across this conversation and has gotten anything out of it um, to connect with you and follow along. I know I do on TikTok. And as I mentioned um, before, so you know, you for me are, are kind of like that sort of familiar radio personality that you don't necessarily tune into every single day, but you just like knowing is there. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're wondering about something, you'll just go and deliberately tune into it. And I'm guessing that we're probably not all that different, Hannah, in that both very driven and, and when you're creating content and sharing messages, those of us who are like that probably tend to produce and create more than we consume, especially when we're really careful about what we consume. Um, so that's why you haven't heard from me all that much in terms of comments and things like that. But I really value your presence in my life and, and in the lives of the, the countless numbers of people um, that, that probably rely upon you and appreciate you uh, in their own way and in the way that, that I do. Um, aside from the TikTok channel, which I will make sure in everything that we mentioned here in the next couple of minutes, I will make sure that I link in the show notes blog post that goes with this episode, which is number 119 uh, that you can find at noschedulemancom uh, But to find Hannah on TikTok, but you also host a podcast of your own. Um, maybe you could share a little bit about that and then just other ways that people can connect with you uh, to get to know a little bit more about your work and then even to, uh, to work with you if they're so inclined. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I first want to say thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate the kind words and I'm very grateful that you invited me into your space. It's been a real pleasure to connect with you as well. I'd love to do this again. Um, to find me, I am on TikTok. My handle is Hanhala, H-A-N-H-O-L-L-A. And then I'm also on Instagram at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, Holiday, H-O-L-L-A-D-A-Y. And then if you want to, you know, connect with me, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can send me an email, which is in my bio on TikTok and on Instagram. And then I also have my guided meditations, which are on my podcast, which is the Hannah Holiday podcast and on my YouTube channel, which is Hannah Holiday. So pretty simple. Just copy and paste my name and find me on a lot of different spaces. But, you know, if you want to work with me at first guide people to my guided meditations. People seem to really enjoy my meditations. I incorporate energy healing into them. Um, and if you're just diving, I know we talked a lot about shadow work. If you're just diving into shadow work, I would suggest anyone who has never heard of this before to just start to meditate and to connect with yourself and to start to go within. And maybe that's something as simple as breath work, or it's, you know, doing an inner child healing meditation, which I have on my YouTube as well, and just connecting to these different aspects of yourself. And then if, you know, you want to work one-on-one, -on -one, just send me an email or send me a DM and we can connect. Or you want to say what's up or ask any questions, I'm always here. But thank you so much again, Kevin. That was really, really fun connecting with you. It's my pleasure, Hannah. Uh, we'll definitely do this again at some point. And I hope that uh, the world will unravel itself in a way or re-ravel. Is re-ravel a thing? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. So that it will all unfold um, <laughs> in a manner that will allow us to get back together and, and, uh, and have, you know, more than five people in a room less than, you know, a country mile apart and five different masks on. Um, 
because I part of what I dream about as a speaker and, and a coach, I really like the the experiential events um, where you can share with people and, and offer something uplifting. And every time I connect with with somebody who has a very special energy like you do, I think, uh-huh, okay, so there's there's something else that can go on the vision board into the mind movie of like, we go to Southern California. <laughs> One of my dreams is uh, is a retreat. Um, somewhere in your neck of the woods. I've got another friend who's been on this podcast a couple of years ago who um, works with people to, she's got built a yoga retreat center. And I want to say, is there a place called Jupiter near the, about an hour or so away? Julian, Julian. Julian, yes. Yeah, Julian. Yes. Jupiter's in Florida or in outer space. <laughs> Julian. Anyway, she built a center there. And I dream about, having a retreat of a, a certain group of people and we do some of these things and we, we have an experiential um, time together. Um, but then I also want to have that group uh, run out to Anaheim and have a day at Disneyland at the original Disneyland. I've been oh, to the, yeah. <laughs> I've been to the, uh, the parks in Florida a bunch of times, but I've never been at the one that Walt built himself. And I want to stand there by where he had that, uh, apartment above the looks like the firehouse and even that place has been closed for like a year and I want to see if I can feel him Hannah heck yes I love that well count me in for that because that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> like can you imagine how much fun we do I don't know what we'll do we'll do some walking meditations we'll do some talks we'll do some who knows what um, yeah we'll go on some hikes we'll have some meals together. And then, you know, the next day we'll just go and shits and giggles. And it's the people who know me know that I'm fascinated with that guy who just seemed to see the world through an entirely different lens than, totally. than, than everybody else. And uh, I just, I've never been there and I want to try to get a sense of the energy of the place and see what it feels like. Yes. Um, oh yeah. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds awesome. Okay. Well, remember, uh, remember I said so. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, you're an absolute gem. Thank goodness. We've got people like you doing the work that you're doing. Uh, I'm really thrilled that I got to connect with you and I hope that you will keep me in mind any way that I can ever be a supportive friend, whether that's sometimes whether the shadows are jumping up and you just need an ear who's <laughs> not tied into the day-to-day -day context or to connect you with someone, or uh, maybe it's retreats and events in the future. But uh, any way that I could ever try to be a, uh, a helper or support, I, I hope you'll, you'll tap my line so I can be helpful here for the rest of the journey. So thank you, Kevin. And likewise, absolutely. I'm, I'm here too. I'm open to connecting more. And thank you. Thank you. I'm very grateful to connect awesome. with you and be here. Thanks so much, Hannah. That's Hannah holiday. Do you see why I wanted to have her on this podcast? I knew that this, uh, <laughs> conversation will go a little bit longer than, than it usually does. Uh, and if you like this conversation, there are a bunch of others that I think that you'll enjoy a lot that are in our, that are in our catalog and you can find them all by going to noscheduleman.com and just click on the podcast page or just look for journeys with the no schedule man on Spotify or Apple podcast, Google podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find all of those and you'll find this one, which is episode 119. If you like it, Take a moment, click the follow button or subscribe and maybe even leave us a rating or review. It helps us reach other people with messages like Hannah's and to introduce them to people like her. And we appreciate you investing some time in yourself and with Hannah and me 
uh, and spending this time with us. Before we wrap up, I want to also say thanks to Ryan and his team at Mulligan Realty Group, the kind of realtor that you deserve. You can connect with Ryan at mulliganrealtygroup.com. Brett and his team at Provincial Glass and Mirror. You can find them online at provincialglass.com. They've been doing yeoman's work through the pandemic with uh, helping businesses retrofit and just make the changes that they need to to keep their staff and their customers safe on top of everything that they normally do with the exteriors and windows and doors. And Brett is a salt of the earth. And in fact, you can hear his story in episode 87 of this podcast where he talks about joining in as uh, as an installer on the bottom rung where they used to call him 50 50 because he broke as much glass as he used to install properly <laughs> and then an 18 year journey to actually owning the company so if you're entrepreneurial in nature that's a good story for you in episode 87 in there uh, nsm brand media is my company we help small to mid-sized businesses with social media marketing and content creation we are your social sales rep you can find out more at yoursocialsalesrep.com. And if you would like to connect with me and participate in some coaching calls and have access to all our archive of the coaching that we've done in the past and access our online community, you can do that at myrealsuccess.ca. This is Journeys with the No Schedule Man. On behalf of Hannah Holiday, my name is Kevin Bolmer. I want to thank you again for watching and listening. We hope that you'll join us next time. Much love. Just a little deja vu.